Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. You know, the older one gets, the more you discover things about yourself, if that is true. Um, I've discovered that um, I don't enjoy losing games. We, we, we played a game last night as a family, and I lost. Um, I've discovered, funny enough, I have it in my notes here, that when it's apparent that I'm going to lose, I start to lose interest in the game. <laughs> and uh, a few years ago, our family was introduced to this game. I don't know if anyone's played this game before. How many have played this game? I think it's of the enemy, this game. <laughs> I played this game three times, and three times I hopelessly lost. Two times consecutively to Caleb as we were camping, and it was raining outside, and I just wanted Jesus to take me home. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I can be quite competitive when I play a game, and I, I like to win. I don't care who it is I'm playing. I don't care if it's my own child. I will win. I'll try to win. I want to win. Um, how many of you are like that? Come on, let's be honest. Let's be honest. I see Robin, Gray. Okay. All right. So the rest of you are such compassionate, caring people, aren't you? You don't, you, you just want the other person to win. It's okay. Well, you know what? I, I'm not like that. I don't have that graciousness. As soon as we start playing a game, I want to win. That's, and if I don't win, uh, I've got a problem. For the next few weeks, uh, next three weeks, we're going to be looking at a series titled In Such a Way. And uh, you'll understand why I brought that analogy of playing games as we read this next passage. Because we're called to a relationship with God. We're called to walk out a journey with Him. But we need to come into that with an intention, with a purpose, with a thought process. We don't just meander through life um, without any thought process of where God is leading us. And so here we have this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 to 27. And it says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run, here it is, in such a way to get a prize. Run to win. You're not just playing it for the fun of it. You're going to win the game, right? You're going to win the game. You're playing to win. You're not playing for the fun of it. Our Christian walk, you're running in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do, they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a, a someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I... I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Here we have this passage, and it says, run in such a way to get the prize. In such a way, meaning that there are key factors required to win the prize, right? Run in such a way. Live your Christian walk in such a way that you uh, accomplish all that God calls us to. I, I want to just draw your attention to one thought process. We're not competing against one another in this race. 
Okay? It's not a, a race against the person sitting beside you who can win the most people to Jesus or who can do whatever. The, the point is that God has a, a plan for your life. He has a race for your life that you are running. He's got a, a fight for you to, to fight. The, the, the point is that we are doing our best to get the prize in which he has called us heavenly, uh, to heaven for. Right? He, he's got a prize awaiting for us as we do the good works he's called us to do, as we live out with intention. Now, over the next couple of weeks, uh, this week and the next two weeks, we're going to be looking at this particular passage of Scripture. And uh, I believe it's something that we as believers are called to. It's something that when we walk in our, a relationship with Him, we're called to live it with intention. So often, I think we come to, to faith and we, we give our lives to Him, and then we meander. Our, our Christian walk is just something that we're, we're going through the motions, but there's not a sense of intention. You know, uh, we've just maybe watched the Winter Olympics. Anyone actually watch the Winter Olympics? Two people? <laughs> Three people? Sort of? I think in this country the Summer Olympics gets far more attention, doesn't it? Um, in Canada, the Winter Olympics is our, our big, big sport, our, our big kind of entertainment that we watch, uh, mostly because there's lots of snow and so we can actually do things in the winter. Uh, the thing is that all of those athletes prior to Showing up for the Olympics would have went into strict training, right? They would have prepared for that moment. They didn't, by chance, end up in those competitions. They prepared years. Even now, those who are preparing for the Summer Olympics, they are preparing for the Summer Olympics. They're on a, a time schedule. They're working hard to qualify. They're working hard to, to be the best that they can be. You see, God calls us to be the best we can be in our relationship with Him. And again, it's, it's just between us and Him. It's not, again, between us and anyone else, but it's this relationship he, we have with the Lord that we are doing and we are being all that He calls us to be, our very best. He's calling us to, to run in such a way to win. I want us to think about it. What does it look like to win in our relationship with God? Have you thought about it? Run your walk with God in such a way to win. Again, it's, it's an attitude, isn't it? That you're, you're, you're putting your all into it. Now, today I'm going to look at three aspects of this. And the first one is, when you're going to run a race, we need to focus on the prize. In verse 26, it says, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. Our walk with God is not to be one that's aimless. Where we're just, we're just living life. Eating, drinking, and for tomorrow we might die, and we're just aimlessly going on through life. No, actually, we, we have a call, each one of us. When we give our lives to Jesus, there's a call in our lives. God says, look, I've called you, I've set you apart, you're, you're on a mission. And so Paul says, look, I don't run my life aimlessly, but I, I have a purpose. Now Hebrews 12, 2 says, let us fix our eyes. I want us to say it together, fix our eyes. Okay, if you're going to fix your eyes you're really looking with intention, correct? You're, you're fixing your eyes, you're, you're focused. What do we have in this passage? Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. This whole idea that when we're going to run the race that God calls us to, the, the starting point is understanding what are we running towards? What's the prize? We're focused upon who Jesus is. It's so easy to be distracted in this life by many things. 
Again, I think we can give our lives to Jesus and be so focused upon him, but then the distractions come in and we start to run aimlessly. We get so preoccupied with, with the other concerns of this world, the things that seem so important at the time, but in hindsight, they mean nothing for eternal value. But we're called to fix our eyes upon Jesus. What does it mean? It means that we're pursuing him as the prize. Can I just say, when Jesus is our number one pursuit, everything else will come into line. When we talk about running the race with perseverance, running the race to win, if our pursuit is Him and He is the first and foremost focus of our lives, we will be on track. Okay? We will be on track. This is the, the, the starting point of running the race. If you don't know where you're running or where you're headed, you are going the wrong direction. Correct? If you think of the 100-meter dash, if you start headed just a little bit off, you'll never get to the finish line. Correct? Five degrees off. You're just headed to the stands. You're going somewhere else. You're going to the toilets. You're doing something else, but you're not running towards the finish line to get the prize. He will lead us. When our eyes are set upon Him, on Him, He will lead us and direct our every step. He, he is the focal point. Everything flows from this primary pursuit. Again, this is where we see even in Revelation, right? This first love. If we have Christ as our first love, we will run the race to win. Because He is the race. The relationship with Him ultimately is the race. It's, it's, it's digging in. It's going after Him. That's our one pursuit. Where's your focus right now? Right now. Where are you looking? When you wake up in the morning, what's the direction of travel? Is it first, Lord, I just want to know you more. God, I just want to be in your, your presence. Or is it all the cares of this world? Is it everything else that's peripheral to that? You see, God calls us to run in such a way to win. But that such a way starts with this connection with Him. Run in such a way. Now, Again, if we're going to look at running in such a way, it starts with focus, but then it leads to the next thing, which is dependency upon Him. In John 15, 5, uh, we know this passage well, or many of us would. Uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Can I just say, we need God to win. Correct? We need God to win. Our enthusiasm alone is not enough. Again, I think we can start off in the journey with God being so excited about what we're going to accomplish for Him. We might come to church on Sunday and be so pumped up on Monday morning, man, we're going to win the world for Jesus. But that only goes so far. In fact, it doesn't go very far at all. We need God. He is the one that is a source of life. Our strength, in fact, our true strength comes from a place of weakness where we're in a place of dependency upon Him. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10, this is Paul writing again. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I tell you, if we're going to run in such a way to win, we better know where power comes from. Correct? If you want to, if you want to win the race, if you want to win a run in such a way to win, you better know where power comes from. And power does not come from intellect. Power does not come from enthusiasm. Power in God's kingdom comes from weakness. 
understanding our dependency. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. That is running in such a way to win. Is Paul winning right now in that? Yeah, because he's understood the secret of the kingdom. The secret of winning. If you want to know the secret to win the, the race that you're running right now, understand your weakness and your dependency upon Him. That is where your strength will come. Our problem is, is that we think we can do it in our own strength, don't we? I've learned this the hard way in my own life. Where we rest on our own gifting, we rest upon our own understanding, we rest upon what we think we know best. We, we, we rest in that space. The problem is, is that you'll never run to win. You'll fall short. You see, there's only one way that you can win in God's kingdom. And it's when we are tapped into the source of all strength and power. He's given us His Spirit to empower us to live out our Christian walk. I've learned, again, I said the, the hard way of life. I think when we first moved to the UK 16 years ago, I was moving in a thought process that I had what it took to do what we were doing in Brighton. But I quickly discovered within the first year I did not. And that's a great place to be, although it didn't feel very great at the time, to understand that when I become weaker in my understanding of myself, when I understand myself as to who I really am, and my dependency upon Him grows. And I say, unless you come and help me, God, nothing of good is going to come from any of this. In that space is where God now is able to do His best through us. You can't do it. Do you know the race that God's called you to run? You can't complete on your own? Do you know that? He, in fact, he's never, he's never called you to something He can't. He's given us His Spirit as the great counselor, as the great helper, as the one who's able to come from within, give us the strength to go through, and give us the power to succeed in all that we're called to. But apart from all of that, we can do nothing. We just read that a moment ago. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. I want you to say that word, nothing. 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 Can I say, without Christ, you're losers. I want us to say it together. I want to say what we're going to say. Apart from Christ, I'm a loser. Apart from Christ, I'm a loser. Let's just say it one more time. Apart from Christ, I'm a loser. But with Christ, I'm an overcomer. But with Christ, I'm an overcomer. Why? Because Christ is the, the key ingredient. When I'm weak in myself, then I'm strong. That's where I'm going to find the success. That's where I'm going to win the race that God's called me to. Not in my strength. You will never win the race in your own strength. You'll never do it. You'll fall flat on your face, discouraged, isolated, wanting to give up. But when you come to that place of saying, God, I can't do this. I can't run this. I'm, I, I'm to the end of me. I need your help. Ah. That's like plugging your, 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 your life into the socket of power. And suddenly, God comes and He gives us the grace to be sufficient for us to win. His grace is sufficient for us. It is not up to you, but it's up to us to understand it's not up to us. 
Can I just say, there's been some, over the years I've been here, there's been times I've been so amazed that uh, I'll share a message, and people say, oh, that was such a great message. And if you only knew the weak and the challenges I faced up to the point I shared the message, I, I, I came to the stage thinking, God, if anything good can come from this, I need your help. And it's those weeks in particular that have been tick very difficult for me for various reasons. You think God's anointing in his presence comes in a greater way because it, I've, I've leaned more into him. And again, the, the further I, I walk with him, the, the more that is a challenge because it goes against what we like. Even today, I would want to lean on my own strength because that's my default mechanism. It's not, it's not natural for me to, to lean into my weakness. It's natural for me to lean into my strengths, my gifting, the place that I would feel confident. But Paul understood the value of coming to a place of a brokenness before God and saying, Lord, I need your help in the difficulty, in the challenges, in the hardship, in the persecution, in the insults, in the weakness. He said, I'll delight in those things because I understand in those times I'm strong. I'm winning in those moments. I'm winning. You see, from the world's perspective or even from our own intellect perspective, we can feel in those moments like we're losing. But that's the time we're gaining ground. Okay? In the human nature, we can feel in times of weakness like we are losing the battle. But in the spiritual realm, that is when we're taking the prize. That's when we're, we're, we're gaining momentum in our walk with Him, in fulfilling God's plan and His purpose. It's in that space where it feels contrary to what you maybe particularly like or enjoy or feel comfortable. That's the space where it's in such a way to win. Where you're digging down deep in the Spirit and we're finding strength in Him. Do you know what? Strength in God's grace isn't necessarily living in that feeling of utopia on top of the mountain. Sometimes in the difficult darkness of, of, of challenges, it doesn't feel very victorious, but it is victorious. Because what God is doing through your life at that time is greater than what you see or can imagine. You see, you don't know what God is doing through you to impact the world around you, to the, the people closest to you, that your sphere of influence. You don't know what's happening as people are watching your lives. But God sees it. He knows what you need. And a call for us is to be dependent upon Him. Run in such a way to win. How do you do that? You've got to be dependent upon the power source. And without that, you're going to lose the race. Even Paul understood that. Now, we need to have a focus upon Jesus. We need a dependency upon Him. But third is the support of others. In Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, it says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Do not, do not give up meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Spur one another on. Encourage one another. I tell you what, there's not one athlete that's competing in the Olympics that, has, that doesn't have a trainer, doesn't have people around them supporting them in their journey. You know, God has called us to relationship with one another, to encourage, to spur one another onward. Why? We need that, that connection to the rest of the body. Again, it's something that I've learned to value over the relationship. We need the support of others to win. 
If you are running your race alone, you will lose the race. I mean, we saw this with Elijah, didn't we? What we shared on. If we're going to be isolated, if we're going to be disconnected with the rest of the community, we will lose the race that God has marked out for us. We won't win the prize. We're not running in such a way to win. Why? Because we need to be spurred on for one another. What is encouragement? Is courage being imparted into our lives? Encouragement is the impartation of courage. And so we're to encourage. Consider how you can encourage one another. Spur one another on. Push one another forward. Why? So that we would run our very best race. Thinking of what Hugh and Jenny just shared a moment ago. That's community. Praying for one another. Spurring one another on. Words of encouragement. Come on, you can keep going. We're going to pray for you. That's encouragement to keep going. The people beside you will help you. They will support you. It's the challenging, the challengement that we can, or it, it, we can be challenged by one another. We can be uh, speaking words of encouragement. We can be setting the example. Again, I think uh, in a race, one of the most difficult places, you think of a, a long distance race, the person at the front has the biggest challenge, does, don't they? Because they don't know the pace. They're setting the pace, but they don't have anyone they're following. You see, Paul said, look, follow me as I follow Christ. Like, I'm, I'm setting a pace. I'm setting an example. And so that inspires the people behind him to, to see, okay, I can run at that level. I can, I, can, I can learn to some techniques, some ways to go forward. Because Paul was setting an example. And he was encouraging those who were following him to set an example. There are people around us that can spur us onward by just their example. Even reading books of individuals who've gone before us. I tell you what. They can set an example of what it looks like to follow Jesus. They inspire us. Inspiration is a powerful thing when it comes to our walk with God, especially what other people have gone through. I've learned the, the value, again, of Christian friends. There are times when we just need to talk to someone else, don't we? It's not good to be isolated. We have no one to talk to, no one to share what we're going through. Mentors, people in the church that are part of a, a family relationship. God never intended us for, to run this race alone. Can I just say that isolation or going it alone will always lead to a place of discouragement. It will always lead us to a place of discouragement, disillusionment. Where we feel, I can't go on. Why? Because we need one another. We were created for a relationship with God and for a relationship with the people in his family. Want to run to win? Find some great training partners. Want to run a race to win it? Don't do it alone. Find someone that you can train with. Who's your spiritual training partner? Someone who challenges you in your walk with God, with where you're going, the things that you feel God's spoken to you. Who, who's pushing you on or saying, yeah, you can do that. Take that step of faith. I'm praying for you. I'm standing with you. Keep going. You see, we need those people around us that will draw the best out of our lives in our relationship with Him. Run in such a way. Not half-hearted, not aimlessly. You have one shot at your life. Correct? One opportunity to live what God has called you to live. 
Run it in such a way to win what God has called you to. Run it in such a way. How are you running your race today? Where are you at? Have you lost the field? Are you a bit off track? Are you running aimlessly? Or is it with a clear intention and focus? Are you pursuing Christ as your, your primary focus and everything else coming into alignment behind that? Are you running in your own strength or have you found the, the source of life and power in His Spirit? Are you running it alone? Or you, do you have running mates around you that are spurring you on in your walk with Him? My challenge to you as a church is to run in such a way to win. To give it your all. I think if there's anything, even as we look at in the next two, three weeks, not being here, if there's anything I would pray for Center Church is to win the race that God has called you to as a church family, but also as individuals, to run in such a way to win it. Don't meander. Don't beat the air aimlessly. Understand and discern what God is saying and go after it with all your heart. Again, it is between us and Him. He knows what we, He's called us to. He knows the plans He has for us as individuals. And it's Him who gives the prize. We're not competing with other churches. We're not competing with other believers. We are running before our King. We're giving Him our best. He knows what He's imparted to your life. When much has been given, much is required. When God has put people around you to support you, to encourage you, when, he, when He's given you uh, relationships to, to spur you on, it's all to help you. Be the believer. Be the follower of Him He's called you to be. Run in such a way. That is my prayer for you. And over the next two weeks, we're going we're gonna to flesh this out a bit further. Paul, at the end of his life, he said to Timothy, look, I've run, I've run the race. I, I, I've come to the end of it. I, I'm, I'm at the, the finish line here. I, I think it's the, the greatest thing we can do when we look back on our life is to not have any regrets of where we missed the mark, where we didn't run in such a way to win, but we chose maybe a path of least resistance. Maybe we chose a path of convenience. Maybe we got distracted with whole seasons of our life with other things that really were not important. Every day is important in the race. It's a lifelong pursuit. Every day is important in running the race. It's not just the big decisions. It's the everyday moments of pursuit, going after Jesus, depending upon His Spirit, being in connection and relationship with one another. In all of that, we see God do good things, great things, more than we can imagine things through our lives. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.